You are listening to the Purpose Church High School Ministry Podcast. Whether this is your first episode or you've heard them all, God has something to say to you. Our vision is to see every student everywhere following Jesus, and we hope this message helps you take your next step in your faith. To learn more about our high school ministry, visit our website, purposechurch.com HSM, and check us out on Instagram at purposehsm. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, my name is Claire, and I'm the associate pastor of our high school ministry here at Purpose. And it's an awesome night for you to be here because we are kicking off our brand new series, More Than Sex, which is all about relationships. And we're going to be talking about why God can be trusted and how we can love him with our relationships. And I'm so excited because there are so many opinions about relationships out there. Seriously, like you do not have to look far to see what people think about what relationships are, what they should look like, how we should act in them. And for the next two months as an HSM community, we are going to be diving into God's word together to see what he has to think about the relationships that we get to experience. And I'm really excited that throughout this journey, there's probably going to be times where you have more questions. Great. Keep asking them. There might be times where you leave a Wednesday night and you're like, I'm not totally sure how I feel about what we talked about. That's okay. I want to remind us all, get back on the same page that HSM, that the church should be the safest place to ask any question and to seek honest answers. And we believe that here so wholeheartedly because that's who our God is. Our God is not hiding from us. He wants to be discovered. He wants us to learn more about his good design for our lives. He is incredibly gracious and kind and patient. And so I'm so excited that, especially over the next two months, as we choose to limit distractions and lean in, take notes, ask questions, and share during our life group, I'm so excited to see what God teaches us about our relationships. Now, to kick everything off, we are going to be talking about our family and friendships, which at first I recognize is not necessarily the flashy, most exciting relationship talk. But remember, the whole point of this series is going back to this idea that there's more to life than just romance. There's more to life than just sex. God has so much more that he wants us to experience through our relationships. Now, when it comes to our close family and friends, something that usually happens is those relationships begin to blossom when we bond over something that we have in common. So right now, think about all your close friends and think about how you became friends. More likely than not, you connected because you bonded over something that you have in common. Maybe it was a common love for Marvel. Maybe it's talking about your favorite musical. Maybe it's because you were on the same sports team or you were in the same class. We all have those things that we easily bond with over other that we easily bond over with other people. And for me, one of those things for my family and friends is a love of being outside, of being in nature. 
And one of my favorite places to be out in nature in the world is in Zion National Park, which hopefully many of you have heard of, maybe even been before. And it's this park out in Utah that is famous for years and years, these rivers have carved into sandstone so that it creates these huge rock walls that are thousands of feet tall. It's an incredible place and I wanted to show you a few pictures. Here's one of me and my brother the first time my family went out to Zion. And I know what you're all thinking and I wanna answer your question. No, I have not, I did not get any taller from the time that this photo was taken circa 2008, unfortunately. Um, but here I am again with some of my friends just a few years ago in the same part of Zion. And in both of these photos, I'm standing in what's called the Narrows, which is a hike where you can literally walk in one of the rivers that's responsible for creating these huge rock walls. And it's so beautiful. You can imagine how majestic and how crazy it is to stand so small against these really, really tall rocks. And so therefore the Narrows is a very popular hike and you show up ready for this really incredible moment with nature, but the trailhead at first looks a little bit more like this. It seriously looks like a pool party, right? Like this is giving me serious HSM pool party vibes at Andrew Watson's house than it does like a majestic entrance into a trailhead. But the true beauty of the Narrows happens once you choose to walk the miles and miles into the canyon. And that's actually something that many people, many people in these crowds, they don't do. Because first of all, you're walking in water, literally amongst these rocks. So if you have bad ankles like me, you gotta be real careful. <laughs> the water also, not to mention, is incredibly freezing and you also have to walk against the current. And sometimes the current is so strong that it's like rapids. And sometimes the water is so deep that you're up to your chest. And throughout this hike, you can't really see the end. The, the river bends and you don't know what's around the corner. And so you kind of just have to trust where the river is leading you. But if you choose to do that, even though it's the hard road and even though it's the road that many people don't end up taking, if you do that, you get to a part of the Narrows that looks a little bit more like this, where there's so many less people and it's quieter and nature is loud and you experience this beautiful peace and majesty out in creation. And I believe that if we limit our understanding of relationships to only romantic ones, we're missing it. That if we think that the only, the best part of life is sex, we're missing it. It's like showing up to hike the narrows and just staying in that crowded, chaotic basin. And if we stay there, we miss out on God's great design for relationships that we would have discovered if we just walked deeper into his design for them. And when it comes to our relationships, God, his design, his plans are so much bigger than ours. And they're always way more beautiful. 
And so as we kick off this series, the question that I want all of us to consider is, do you have a God-sized view of your relationships? And do you trust him? Are you willing to trust where and how he's leading you in your relationships? To honor God in the way that we love others, it's going to be really difficult. It's going to be super challenging, but it's always going to be the most rewarding because we'll learn more about God, we'll help point others to God, and God always has what's best for us. See, you and I, all humans, we were created to experience relationships. It's like in our DNA, from the very beginning, we were created to be in relationships. In Genesis chapter one, we get a poetic account of how God created the world and everything in it. And we've talked about this before, but God, in a poetic, beautiful way, we see in Genesis chapter one that God creates something and then sees that it is good. It's a pattern. It happens over and over again. God speaks something into existence and he sees that it is good. We see that he does that with light, with land, with plants, with animals. It's this wonderful rhythm. But then all of a sudden in Genesis 2, when we zoom in on God's crowning creation, which is humanity, God creates humans in his image and he sees that it is very good. But all of a sudden in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, God says that something is not good. He says in verse 18, it is not good for the man to be alone. So I will make a helper suitable for him. What does God see as a problem in his creation? It's that humans were not meant to be alone, that it was not good for us to be alone. And so he created another human. God literally created a way for us to experience relationships. But even before that, if we backtrack just a little, even before humans enjoyed relationships with other humans, humans enjoyed a relationship with God. God is our creator. And if you look at those opening chapters of Genesis, God gave us work to do, meaningful work to do. He told us how to best live our lives. And we get this picture that God dwelt with his creation, with humanity. We were created to be in relationships, first with God and then with others. Now, that's the beginning. That's the creation story. But even if you fast forward to the time of Jesus, in the Gospel of Matthew, which is a historical account of Jesus's life and ministry on earth, Jesus gets asked, in Matthew chapter 22, starting in verse 36, teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replies, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and all the prophets hang on these two commandments. Not only were you and I, all humanity, were created to experience relationships, but in order to obey and live out the two greatest commandments that God gave us, we have to be in relationship. Again, first with God and then with others. 
And what I want us to understand starting tonight is that romantic relationships are not the only solution to the problem that it is not good for us to be alone. All throughout the Bible, we discover that non-romantic relationships are perhaps just as important, including those with our family and friends. So what is God's design for our family and friends? Starting with family. On earth, kind of great news, God's design for our family is twofold. Number one, we are given a physical family. And if you think about it, that's often by blood, maybe by marriage, adoption, or in some cases, it's just people who we have the opportunity to be in close proximity with and to get to know and to dedicate ourselves to. And it's in that physical family where God invites us to practice loving others like he did. In fact, as we're going to see in our family and friendships, the mission that God has for us is that we would practice loving people in those spaces just like he does. So in the physical family, here's how God describes his plan for us. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 1 through 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on earth. With our physical families, God has special roles for everyone in the family. And just as we read, one of the ways that we can show others God's love, one of the ways that we can honor other people is often through obedience. And there's a special call that God places on children to honor and respect their parents by being obedient to them, by listening to them without any sass, without irritation. But God does not only give a special role to children, he gives a special role to parents. In fact, a very important role to parents. The very next verse of that passage, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, says, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. See, parents in our physical family especially, they have perhaps the most important role. It's to be close to God so that they can train their, their, their children, that they can show their children the way of the Lord. And that's God's design for our physical family. And I want to note that for some of us, this passage and this concept might be particularly challenging because you might come from a family with these experiences that are really hard. There may be very real hurt in your family. There may even be times of abuse. And you might be thinking, God, how on earth can I obey my parents when there's so much pain here? I don't think I can. It doesn't seem good that I would do that. And if that's you tonight, can I just say that you are loved and you are seen by us, but most of all by God. And God will always ask us to honor other people, but he will never ask us to follow people who are leading us in the ways of sin. 
See, remember this call of children to obey their parents, it hinges on this key that the parents have a close growing relationship with God. And so if you're experiencing a difficult time in your family right now, if you're struggling with them, can I ask that you don't let tonight end without talking to one of your adult leaders, without talking to one of us on staff, because we love you and we wanna care for you and walk with you through whatever it is that you're experiencing. And if that's also you, perhaps this next part of God's design for our families is even more encouraging, is even sweeter news. Because God does not just give us a physical family, but for believers, he gives us a spiritual family in Christ. That the moment that we put our faith in Jesus, we not only become sons and daughters of God, but we become brothers and sisters with every Christ follower all around the world. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 14, put it like this. Just as one body, though many, has many parts, but all its parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Friends, think about that for a second. Through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, when we put our faith in him, we are given the right to be co-heirs with Christ, that we instantly become a part of God's family. <laughs> How unbelievable is that? And then think about this. The moment that we believe in Christ, we are brothers and sisters with people all around the world who have the same faith in Christ. So people that you might have never met in your life, people who it seems like you have nothing in common with, because of your belief in Jesus, you have everything that matters in common. And so we can begin to do life with people who look, think, and act differently than us because of Jesus Christ. Friends, when it comes to family, we will need both our physical and spiritual family. And so it's important that we nurture our relationships in both of those areas. And in those relationships, God invites us to practice loving them like he loves us. So what about friendships? The mission is gonna be the same, whether in family, in friendships, everyone. The mission is love others like God has loved us. Romans 12, nine and 10, put it like this. Love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves. Friendship is such a unique relationship because we choose to love our friends. There's no obligation, right? There's no likely no blood relation. We choose to love our friends. And in the book of Proverbs chapter 17, verse 17, God's word says, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of adversity. When it comes to friendship, friendship is a choice to walk with somebody through life. 
That's the metaphor that we get in scripture, even in the beginning, even in Genesis 3. There's this picture that we are experiencing life together. And we don't dip, we don't skirt skirt the moment that things get difficult. We're in it for the long haul, for the good, the bad, and the ugly. And this concept of friendship, of honoring other people above yourselves, of, of sticking around, even through the difficult times, this biblical concept of friendship is so different from what's out there in our culture right now in two ways that I want to talk about. Number one, we have a skewed view of friendship because of social media. I mean, how easy is it to react to somebody's story? How easy is it to give a like, to retweet? And the thing about that part of social media is we start to believe, look at all the people that like me. Look at all the people who approve of me, who know me. But the thing is, when it comes to friendship, there's so much more that is required. Intimacy is required, which intimacy is just being close with someone. It's being able to be totally honest about what you're experiencing, share with other people and let them share in your life. And I think the deception of social media is that we begin to believe that we have all these friends, when in reality, we are not actually connecting with them on a deeper level. And I'm not saying that that's not possible to have a deep connection with someone through social media, but what I'm saying is there's so much more depth that's required than just a simple like or a simple retweet. And that leads us to the second way that this is so different from our culture. We live in a world that is so honestly consumer, self-centered, microwave style, where everything is about us. It's about me. And we want results quickly, right? We want deep friendships quickly. But the thing is, friendships require so much more work. And especially in your stage of life as high schoolers, trust me, friendships change all the time. Things are constantly changing. And I know from so many of my conversations with you, so much of the stress that you feel is often attributed to friendships and to drama. And I want to challenge you that especially if you are a believer in Christ, choose to be a friend that loves at all times, that doesn't just ditch people the moment that you aren't totally on the same page, the moment that you disagree with someone or the moment that life gets hard. Be a friend that chooses to love like Jesus, to stay close to people, to do life with people through it all. Remember what we just talked about with our spiritual family. In Christ, we get to enjoy relationships that were never possible before him. And so, we are not only able to, but we are called to do life with people even when they look, think, act differently than we do. Now, so far tonight, we've talked a lot about the what, about our family and friendships. We've talked a lot about, um, we've talked a lot about what it, what it looks like. And in a few minutes, as you head off into your life groups, you're gonna get really practical and talk about the how. But before we end our time together, I want us to remember the why. Why? Because maybe you're thinking, why do this? 
investing in our families and friends in ways that honor God sounds really hard. And it's true. It will require so much self-sacrifice because you're putting other people's needs above your own. It will, it will require such a huge investment of your time, of your energy, sometimes your money, your emotions, and your care. But God can be trusted. And here's one of the most compelling reasons why. Pastor Eric was my high school pastor, and I remember one of the things that he said when I was a student was, God will never ask you to do something that he has not already done. And that changed my faith and changed my whole life because remember, think about this with me. God knows what it's like to be in relationship with family and friends through the life of Jesus. Jesus was born to parents. He was a son. He was also a brother. Jesus also had friends. He chose 12 people to invest in and do life with. And within those friendships, within those family relationships, there were struggles. Jesus was hurt. He was misunderstood. He was betrayed. And yet because he loved them and because he loves us, he sacrificed himself so much so to the point of dying on a cross. Jesus knows what it's like to be in relationship. And Jesus is simply asking you and I today to love other people just like he did. In John chapter 15, verses 12 and 14, Jesus says, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. All of us were designed to be in relationships and all of us were meant to experience God's love. But in our fallen world, because of sin, we're all searching for that love in all these different places. I want us to see from the very beginning of this series that the greatest love that you and I can ever experience, it's not going to come from any one relationship or even all the relationships, all the friendships in the world. The greatest love you and I can experience is going to become, is going to come from experiencing God himself. And you and I can't be more loving. We won't be more honoring to our friends and family and beyond by just trying harder. We will become more loving people the more that we get to know God and trust his example and follow his example of loving others. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for tonight. And God, thank you that you are the ultimate picture of what it looks like to love. And God, thank you that you know what it's like to be a family member. You know what it's like to be a friend. God, teach us and help us to get really practical right now in our life groups so that we can love others better for your glory and for our growth. We love you so much, Jesus. And it's in your name that we pray.